This episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. programs and welcome back to the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and i'm derek diamond so derek what you been up to this week well it's been kind of a a long work week it's been it's been very busy but uh i've gotten to do a couple of cool things some i'll mention uh, at the end of the show whenever we do our plugs and whatnot but I'll say it's going to be a very busy couple of weeks for uh, my other show, which is not a bad thing. It, That's it, the thing. It, we'll you told some... me a, a couple of months ago, you're like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go down to like maybe twice a month. And I'm like, oh, that, you know, that's cool. We do what you got to do. Next thing I was like, every day is like Derek Diamond experience, Derek Diamond experience. <laughs> like, you were supposed to go to twice a month, not like twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's like the opposite. Yeah. That that's something that because I listen to some shows that do run you know multiple episodes a week. I feel like you don't give an episode enough room to breathe if you do yeah. like Tuesday Thursday or Wednesday Friday or Monday Wednesday because you really like say you do Tuesday Thursday that Tuesday episode really only has two days to be relevant. Yeah, <laughs> and then when the next one comes out, you're like, well, why would I listen to the Tuesday one? I can just yeah. wait for the Thursday one. So it's it, it's been a it's been a busy time, but you know I'm sure it'll it'll slack off eventually. This is always it's weird because this this is the time of year that I feel like I have too much content for it, and then from April to like November, there's nothing. Well, that's why you should backlog all that stuff, man, and just release it when you got nothing nothing coming out. You'll have a backlog of stuff saved up. That's true. I I have done that in the past because I remember when I did that Disney World roundtable with you and Wally. I kept that in the can for like six months. Oh my months. god! I like forgot we did it. <laughs> <laughs> it came out. I was like, oh, I forgot we did this. Because I remember we did it right after I went to Disney back in December of 2016. Yeah, it was right I was like, after yeah, I went too. Because yeah, I yeah, I forgot we went right around the same time. Yeah, like a month apart. So yeah, so we'll. We'll see what happens, but I, I'll plug the details at the at the end of the show. But no, it, it's been you know long work days. But other than that, it's been a relatively uneventful week. What about you? Uh, it's been a slow week because the the weather prevented me from being able to get to my job uh, the middle of the week because all the bridges were closed because of uh, ice, mm-hmm. and um, so I couldn't get to work. Uh, at least you know. Got a day off in the middle of the week, but that, of course that caused me to have to do all my jobs that I needed to get done on the remaining two days of the week, so that was fun. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a fan of freezing weather. I don't know about you, because we're not used to it here along the Gulf Coast. We get, you know, what, like maybe 10 days of cold weather like not all at once yeah. normally we get like maybe 10 days of cold weather throughout the year like spread out like 
if any if you've ever been to like anywhere along the Gulf Coast, like those of you who listen to this show and you don't live anywhere near the like the south or the coast or anything, normally it's like you know January tenth and it'll be eighty five degrees outside, and then the next mm-hmm. day it plummets to like twelve. And then by like one yep. in the afternoon, it's back up to like 80 degrees. So that's usually what it's like around here. But no, dude, this has been like nuts, like days and days of like sub-zero temperatures. And we're just not used to it. We don't have the clothing. We don't have the the the, the acclimation to the weather that uh, most people that live in that kind of climate have. So it's been really uh trying to try to stay warm like i'm sure that my uh electric bill is going to be awful next month because Mm -hmm. i i just i can't stand being cold and i just crank the the heater up to like 75 it's interesting (laughs) because i remember three years no it was now four years ago i keep forgetting this is 2018 uh four years ago we had a pretty bad ice storm Mm -hmm. here um, I don't know if it happened where you live, but yes, and I, I remember you, I had to go ahead. I was going to say, I can tell you, I live right in where, like not too far away from, um, a bridge that connects, uh, the town that I live to, um, Biloxi over the bay. Uh, it's called I-110. Mm-hmm. And, uh, during that ice storm, all I could hear when I went outside was skidding cars and then nothing but uh, police sirens all night. Like there were just car wrecks the entire night that it, that ice storm hit. So Man. that was fun. <laughs> yeah, because this was before I actually moved to Pensacola. I had to leave work early that day because the bridges were going to freeze. Mm-hmm. And I would have had no way to get home. So then we had no work the next day. Because there were too, there's too much ice on the bridge, so they were closed down. Um, and I still have pictures um, somewhere on my phone, but you know it starts raining as I'm driving home. And when I get when I get home, my the entire front of the car plus the mirrors were covered in ice. Ugh. It was pretty wild. But no, this this to me feels like the first legit winter we've had since then. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's. Um... It's an effect of climate change, and we're going to have to accept that fact that we're going to start getting more and more extreme weather. And the thing that scares me is last year we had a hurricane a week before Halloween. What's it mm. going to be like this year? And it's just going to get worse. So we may look into moving like far away from here. Understandable. Oh, speaking of the cold weather, I got a new car. A couple of months ago, I got a 2015 VW Beetle. Mm-hmm. Not designed for cold weather. Let me tell you why. Because my windows are automatic windows. And when you open the car door, uh, the way the, the, the car doors work is when you open the door, the window comes down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. to, so you can open the door, you get in, and when you shut the door, the window goes all the way up and seals you in. If you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the window ices up, I can't open the door because the window won't go down. So when it's freezing outside, 
I can't get in my car. And I found that out when I was trying to go to work Thursday morning. Jeez. That is an absolutely horrific design flaw for this car. Yeah. And I, don't, I, I, I thought I was going to have to... Well, the thing I did was I just went and got some like lukewarm water and poured it down into uh, the window along the door to kind of you know, warm it up enough to where the window would go down. It's the only way I can get in my car. Mm -hmm. What were they thinking? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I I don't understand the logic behind that one. It's stupid. But speaking yeah. of retro stuff, uh, I did something pretty cool today before we go into our news segment. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Flashback Cinema? The name sounds familiar. Uh, well, our local theater, it's a, it's a grand theater, and I'm not sure who owns it. Um, it's called The Grand, uh, but on Sundays and Wednesdays, they do flashback cinema. Uh, the, at the end of last year, I missed it, but they had Die Hard in the theater for Christmas and New Year's. Nice. I missed it. Uh, but today, we actually got to go see Alien in the theater, and it oh, was cool. awesome. I never got to see it in the theater. And I highly recommend it. It's going to be playing Wednesday night. If you live anywhere near a cinema that does flashback, uh, flashback cinema, I think they do it all over the country, wherever these grand theaters are. So if you're near grand theater, Wednesday night, go watch Alien on the big screen. It's awesome. That's fantastic. And I, I don't know up. if we have a theater around here that does that, but I have to look into it. It holds up like crazy on the big screen. I thought maybe there'd be like some bad special effects, you know, because as much as I love Ghostbusters, when it's on the big screen, you can really see the flaws in it. And I don't yeah. like that. But Alien, there's hardly any flaws in it. It holds up. It, you could release it today and it would look just as good. Oh, that reminds me. I did do one cool thing yesterday. I got a uh, a movie pass, mm. or I applied for a movie pass. Wally got one, and um, I, I'm thinking about getting one myself. I mean, being able to see pretty much unlimited movies for nine ninety nine a month. It's not bad. You, you can't you can't beat it. And I, I live thinking, like a block from a movie theater, so you know. And I was thinking can't about really getting beat a, a gym membership for ten ten bucks a month, but yeah. I'll go to the movies. <laughs> yeah, why, why, why do that when you can have much more entertainment? Why improve yourself when you can just, you know, go watch your betters on a movie screen? <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move into the news for this week. Oh, why am I playing that? That's the wrong thing. Hold on. There it is. Awesome. One day... One day I'm going to get used to this soundboard and I'm going to be able to use it without telling people that I'm screwing up. So hopefully that day will come. Uh, so the first story we have is from Nintendo Life. There's a rumor that Sega and Retrobit might actually be, actually be working on a secret retro console. Uh, it wasn't so long ago that we reported on the exciting collaboration between Sega and retro hardware maker Retrobit. Sadly, that partnership only extends to accessories for classic Sega machines, but now the rumor mill has fired up yet again with murmurings that the two really are working on a secret project, and it could actually be a new retro console. Uh, should be taken with a, a, a pinch, uh, uh, taken with a grain of salt, but uh, most of it was coming from the staff of Retrobit, who reportedly been hinting at such a project 
project while promoting its new Mega Drive Genesis accessories at CES 2018. Uh, let's see, where's the Twitter? Um, did they do? They did some kind of a. Uh, they did. Sega Europe um, tweeted out, "How about a fun midweek nostalgia poll? Which Sega home console did you love playing the most? What game was your absolute favorite?" Uh, everybody said, uh, "Voted Dreamcast." And then Retrobit uh, tweeted, I don't know about you guys, but I'm interested in Sega updates. So uh, I really don't see what they're seeing with these tweets, but I wanted to bring this up just to kind of throw it out there and see what you know we kind of think about this. Do you think that it's feasible or economically feasible for uh, Sega to come out with their own consoles, much like uh, Nintendo did with the, the mini editions of the Nintendo and Super Nintendo? I don't see why not, but I'll tell you why if if this is the case, I'll tell you exactly why I think it is the Dreamcast, because so many other companies have done a Genesis. Yeah. You know, I, I was even at the mall earlier today, and I saw two different versions of a Genesis retro console. Yeah, but most so of them suck, though. That is true. That is very true, but to me, the Dreamcast, I think, would be the most likely because of that reason. Yeah. And the the Dreamcast had some cool games on it. You know, it, it obviously did not do well because it was Sega's last console. But, you know, I, I'd like to see it. I'd be interested in getting a um, a Dreamcast Mini, if that were the case. I mean, even if it's a Genesis, I would probably do it if it's actually legit and made by Sega. Yeah. But... That's that, the that's only my that's my logic behind the Dreamcast. That's the only way I would buy one of these uh, Genesis um, consoles, like miniature consoles, is if it was branded by Sega. Yes. Because um, who is it that makes the the ones that suck? I, I you, normally I can say it right off the top of my head, but I can't. Um, we've we've talked about the company before. Yeah, because they've done I'm... quite a few things that are awful. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, let's see. God, my internet's so slow today. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't have the brand on it. Oh. Well, people out there know I what can't we're remember. talking about. Uh, but if, if, if you go into any sort of like CVS or, you know, a, a Rite Aid, you can find these. Uh, even a, I've even seen them at the dollar store before, like these miniature yeah. Sega consoles. And most of the reviews for these consoles are just they're they're awful. The hardware sucks. The the emulation's bad. Colors aren't right. Sounds not right. I think it would be good for Sega to to actually pull you know, do a, a mini Sega Genesis and put it out Sega branded. I think they can make a lot of money off of that. A lot of people have nostalgia for the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree with that. But our next story also comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Uh, Steve Weeb, hopefully I'm pronouncing that name I think correctly. Weeby. Weeby. All right. Steve Weeby reclaims Donkey Kong World Record. Billy Mitchell, Hank Chen, Steve Wiebe, these men are the giants of Donkey Kong, throwing the world record around like a numerical barrel. Uh, Chin bested Mitchell, then Mitchell topped Chen, and now a longtime underdog Steve Wiebe has reclaimed the top spot by a whisker. 
Mitchell's previous best stood at 1,062,800, with Weeby's new world record reaching 1,064,500. I don't think it's going to be possible to get much higher than that because you're going to. The problem with Donkey Kong is you you hit a kill screen at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So it's really a, all a matter of, you know, they're going to have to... Uh, it, it's all in how they get through each level, how many points they can rack up, because you can only get to a certain point in the game before the game just shits out on you because mm-hmm. of a kill screen. It, it just wasn't meant to be to go on forever. You hit like a, a certain screen and it just, it ends or, I mean, it doesn't yeah. end. It just, you know, the screen just goes all, you know, glitchy because it just, it can't handle it past that point. Right. I mean, it, it, it is kind of interesting, you know, seeing these three kind of exchange the record. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I, we I just, admire the dedication. Yeah. We just talked about this. What? Like a month ago, if that, yeah. So it's crazy. It's and if this interests you, which it really should, go check out the the documentary uh, King of Kong. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. you can pretty much uh, get it. You can rent it on Amazon Prime or uh, iTunes. It's worth the rental because it it takes something as dumb as, you know, trying to get a high score on a video game and makes it just like you just root for this guy. And they of course they make Poor Billy Mitchell. Like, they make that dude out to be the villain in, like, every yeah. single doc, like video game documentary. Like, just be, it's it's that mullet he's got. <laughs> he's got to do yeah. something about the mullet. And He know, didn't really help his case. He's like an 80s, like, you know, action movie bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Billy Mitchell, man. I I, I yeah. really would eat some of that guy's hot sauce if, if I could get my hands on some because he is like <laughs> he's like the hot sauce king of Chicago or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but go check out that documentary. You can get it on Amazon Prime or wherever you can uh, rent movies from. It's definitely worth it. But um, but that's it for our news this week. Let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. And on January 1st of 1986, Commodore releases Mindwalker for the Amiga. It keeps running unmodified on all versions of the Amiga hardware and operating system. Uh, I know we've talked about the Amiga before. I don't remember ever hearing of this game. I haven't either. Um, There is actually a, a documentary about the Amiga uh, I think that's on Amazon Prime right now that I've been wanting to watch. I just haven't had a chance to. I didn't even know there was a documentary. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, just I guess just go on Amazon Prime and put in Amiga documentary and it'll bring it up for you if you're interested in watching that. I mean, the screen cap here on the Wikipedia article, it, it looks like a very like Tron-esque early 80s type of game yeah it sort of has a almost like a 3d i don't know like like a pinball maybe sort of thing not sure yeah some sort it's some sort of a puzzle game we'll, we'll give it that yeah on january 14th 1987 nintendo releases zelda 2 the adventures of link for the famicom disc system in japan only 
The game would go unreleased in America for nearly two years afterwards. Um, and speaking of <sighs> uh, Legend of Zelda Adventure of Link, I just got it this week. You did? Yep. Yeah, you posted um, that on uh, Instagram at Nerd Cave Retro. Um, yeah, I got it uh, from a friend of mine named Mike Comstock, who uh, you can look him up on Instagram. It is uh, at Shelf Stored Memories. And um, uh, he, you should see this guy's house. He's got just like old, um, like Star Wars figures, like pretty much every kind of like toy uh, action figure accessories from the 80s. He's got it. Like it's his house is like a museum. And uh, he mm -hmm. was telling me last week, he's like, hey, I got this box of um, retro stuff, retro gaming stuff in, in my storage shed. So um, whatever's in there, it, you, whatever you uh, whatever's in there that you don't have, you can take. I was like, OK, <laughs> so I ended up getting like five games from him. And uh, thank you to him. I got Rygar, uh, Adventure of Link. Uh, Hudson's Adventure Island. Um, let's see. What else did I get? Uh, oh, something called Slalom, which I'd never even heard of mm -hmm. it before then. Uh, complete inbox. And, um, oh, Spy vs. Spy. The the old Mad, um, cool. Mad Magazine cartoon. Mm hmm But, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's what I got Have this you week. Did you play Adventures of Link? Uh, I did for about an hour, and I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm going to need a walkthrough. <laughs> so, Because uh, I can't find where I'm supposed to get the stupid candle to go in the damn caves to get go where I need to go. Yeah, that, that's kind of the one of the drawbacks. I mean, that you kind of get thrown in the, the first Zelda game, but at least you have somewhat of a starting point. But with Zelda 2, you're just thrown right in. Yeah. And you have no idea what you're doing. I, I, I tried playing it not too long ago on the, um, I think it's on the NES Classic. I'm pretty sure it is. But it, it's it's still along with the, which I don't even count them, but the CDI games. This is like the redheaded stepchild of the Zelda franchise. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just to me, it's not... Even the platforming aspect, I don't completely mind, but it's just not a very good game. And I'll, I'll totally, you know, I'll totally own that being the the diehard Zelda fan that I am. I, I am going to give it a, a good try because I do want to uh, review it soon. But if I can't get past the first damn level, <laughs> I'm just going to give it an F because it's yeah. not very intuitive at all. Um, and I don't like the 2D, like, side-scroller part of it. That's just, that's not Zelda. It's not. So I don't know what they yeah. were thinking. Um, and I wanted to say hi to Shinob Zero, who uh, was talking to me in the chat room, and uh, <laughs> I, com I wasn't even watching. So, hi, Shin, and uh, glad you're here. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Um, on January 26th of 1996... Guardian Heroes came out on the Saturn by Treasure uh, Treasure Company Sega. Never heard of this before. Uh, it's a beat 'em up game developed by Treasure. Um, I guess it's just called Treasure uh, is the company that mm -hmm. that made it, and uh, it's one of the defining games of the Saturn. 
I'm going to admit, I never had a Sega Saturn, and I've never even played one before. Um, I actually don't think I have either. This no, because I, I played the I played the Genesis, I played the 32x adapter. No, I never played the Saturn. Uh, it says it's a 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up video game in the vein of Final Fight or Golden Axe, but with RPG elements. That actually sounds kind of interesting. I like those kind of games. Yeah, I do too. I've never even heard of this game before. I haven't either. It'd be interesting to check it out. Yeah. Also on January 26th, 1996, Blazing Heroes was released for the Saturn. Uh, it was a turn-based strategy game developed by Microcabin. Again, never, never heard of them. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't tell you a single game for the Saturn other than the two that we're talking about tonight. Yeah. I mean, either. Interesting. I, as far as I know, the Saturn only had like five games, <laughs> and one was like Echo the Dolphin, wasn't it? I think so. Hmm. He should make also, a comeback. Yeah, I, maybe they will. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Like, uh, who wants to? Doesn't want to play a dolphin in their video game. Uh, on yeah. January 29th of 1996, Duke Nukem 3D came out on the PC by 3D yes. Realms GT Interactive, a genre-redefining title for the first-person shooters. Who doesn't like Duke Nukem? I wish there was a Duke Nukem movie. I'm kind of surprised there hasn't ever been one. Actually, there kind of is. You just kind of what you need to do is you need just need to go through and clip out about five minutes of uh, Arnold's movies from the '90s, like the five <laughs> best minutes of each movie, and just mash them all together into one movie. Get to the chopper. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah, no, I mean everybody knows who Duke Nukem is. He's one of the most popular video game characters from the '90s. Oh, of course, I. Um, I don't, I don't know if I ever played Duke Nukem 3D though. Was this the first one? It's um, let me, I just I closed out playing, the page. I remember playing Duke Nukem earlier than that. No, it's, it's the sequel. It's the third game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I remember playing Duke Nukem on the, uh, in the classroom when I was in 11th grade in my, uh, programming class. Yeah, yeah, it said uh, first release was Duke Nukem, July 1st, 1991. Um, yeah, it doesn't say the second release, but that's that sounds more more like it. Uh, and then there was Duke Nukem, what is this called? Oh, this is for the uh, Duke Nukem Advance for the Game Boy Advance? No, that was 2002. Huh. There's a lot of Duke Nukem games. I didn't even realize this. There's Duke Nukem Time to Kill... Uh, 1998, Duke Nukem Zero Hour, 1999, Duke Nukem Land of the Babes, uh, Duke Nukem Manhattan Project, Duke Nukem Advance, Duke Nukem Critical Mass, and then in 2011, Duke Nukem Forever. I didn't know there was this many Duke Nukem games. It's crazy. I didn't know the first one was made all the way back in 91. Yeah, I was uh That's, that's insane. I know. <laughs> that's crazy. See, I was four. <laughs> I was uh, 11. Or no, wait. Hold on. Uh, 1991, I was 14. Where did I get nice. 11 from? Jason does math. <laughs> <laughs> and five. Uh-oh. 
don't tell me that. Uh, hold on, let's pause it for a second till I can get Derek back. Like it, it, uh, I don't yeah, know if it's back. this new software I have, <laughs> but it's like it crashes. It seems like every week now. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just Skype itself. Um, there's really it could be. We could go to Discord, but Discord has its own problems, so we just kind of gotta deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, as I was saying, to round out this month in video game history, because. Why not talk about Mega Man again? On January 31st, 1996, Mega Man X3 was released for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the third X installment in the popular Mega Man franchise. There's got to be some kind of streak going where we mention Mega Man like every week on the show. I think so. I think we've mentioned Mega Man on every single episode of the show. It's, it's just the running thing. There's, a Mega, there's Mega Man all over this joint. Yeah, it's got to be at least, well, because December was the anniversary mm -hmm. of the original game, and I want to say ever since then, we've mentioned it every single week, so that's got to be, what, like a six-week stretch? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Some, something like that. <laughs> I'm really excited for that Mega Man uh, 10 that's coming out later this year. I really want to get my hands on that, especially on the Switch. Oh, that's going to be mm -hmm. so fun. Come on. Right? Now. It's going to be good. <sighs> it's going to be really good. But no, I've, I, I've, as I've mentioned, you know, I sound like a broken record at this point. I've briefly played Mega Man games and definitely not played any of the X games. You have the, the uh, NES Classic, don't you? I do. I think Mega Man 2 is on there. Go play it. All right. And do I'll the walkthrough. Don't, you don't have to do a walkthrough, but at least go online and look up the correct order of the uh, the way you should do. Because it's one of those games where you have... Zoom to 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, like, like nine bosses, ten bosses you have to go through before you get to Dr. Wily. But each mm -hmm. boss has a weapon that is very effective against a, a different boss. So you should start off with a certain boss and then use his weapon on the next boss. And then of course, once you get right before you get to Dr. Wily, you got to fight all those guys all over again. So it's Jeez. really good training before you get to that point. <laughs> hey, if I can do it, you can do it. I believe I will in you. keep that in mind. I believe in you, Derek. <laughs> oh, I'm glad someone does. Uh, well, let's, um, what are you What are you listening to this week, Derek? As far as books, I actually finished a book. Really? Mm -hmm. So, for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I briefly mentioned this book last week. Uh, let me pull up the title just because it's kind of a long title, so I want to get it right. Um, it's by um, Chris Jericho. It's called No is a Four-Letter Word, How I Failed in Spelling but Succeeded in Life. Hmm. It's, a it's a combination of motivational speaking, um, autobiography, and uh, um, just fun, entertaining stories. So it's each chapter has a different principle that he learned from other like various celebrities on how to succeed in life. So it's it's a really good book and it's short too. It's only like five and a half hours long. Yeah. And Chris Jericho himself reads it and he's very well spoken and whatnot. So 
uh, he, he makes it fun and interesting to listen to. So I would definitely um, give that a listen. Um, other books, you know, they have Star Wars, they have fiction, nonfiction, gaming, autobiographies, any book you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to have to be able to continue to read without having to sit down and read a physical book. And to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And this week, we're going to be talking about... Capcom music from back in the 80s. Gotta love it. Uh, Stride is like a side-scrolling action-adventure game released by Capcom for the Nintendo Entertainment System in North America in 1989. While the development of the NES, ver- NES version of Strider was produced in tandem with the arcade version, the Japanese version for the Famicom was never released. The NES version of Strider included in the 2006 Game Boy Advance compilation Capcom Classics Mini Mix. And also something I found out recently also, uh, this is, uh, there was also a, an arcade version of Strider, but the NES version was different than the arcade version because apparently the arcade version was more, uh, straightforward kind of side scrolling, uh, beat up type of thing. Um, while the NES version is based on more of the manga uh, in Japan, uh, it's called, um, let's see, uh, Strider Hear You, Strider Hear You, manga illustrated by Tatsumi Wada from its May to October issues in 1988, uh, single collected volume was published in November of the same year, um, manga features the same characters and basic plot that was later used for the NES version, but with several different, dif- several differences to how the story transpires, um, in addition to the six main chapters, an uncollected chapter called uh, titled Strider Hear You Gaiden was published after the main series was completed. The additional chapter depicts the circumstances involving the death of Hear You's sister, Maria. Um, that's really cool. I, I, as a kid, I didn't even know this was manga. Um, I was just a really huge Capcom fan as a kid. Like, you know, there was the Mega Man series. Uh, you know, there was, uh, uh, all the Disney afternoon titles like, uh, DuckTales, um, Mickey Mouse Capade, uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, all the, what I thought, Cap- I, to me, when I was a kid, Capcom was the best publisher for the Nintendo. I mean, they had some missteps here and there, but as far as they go, I mean, Capcom always had like the best graphics, you know, the, the best music, uh, the best gameplay and, while that is true for some of the games, like DuckTales, Mega Man, uh, or Mega Man 2, most notably, a lot of the games don't hold up as well today. Like, uh, most of the, the Disney stuff that they had, like Miss Mickey Mouse Capade, uh, that uh, Tailspin doesn't hold up. Uh, and the thing about Strider is this is one of the games, one of the few games that, like, a handful of games that I actually finished as a kid. Thanks to 
Nintendo Power issue number seven that came out in 1989, and it had a, um, a layout of the first four levels of Strider. Uh, and I used that to get up. I think there's only six levels to the game. But when I was playing this the other night, I really wish I still had that Nintendo Power because I was so lost playing this game. <laughs> and it's not like it's <clears throat> it's difficult or anything. And there's just it's those kind of games where it's not linear. Um, you start off, uh, you're in this, you're basically, you're a ninja and you're going, um, your base is this really cool looking like dragon spaceship, you know, sort of thing that, you know, orbits the earth and you get <clears throat> shot down to earth whenever you need to go do a mission or something. And you get this mission to go kill someone and you have to go to the, the first level and you get uh, a floppy disk or a couple of floppy disks, and then you go back to your ship. But you can't finish most of the level because you need to kind of upgrade to be able to, and get different keys to go in these different levels. There's like you get the level one key, the level level two, level three keys, but you can't finish the level, so you got to keep going back to the ship. You analyze your discs, find out where you need to go next, and then you go, like, you start off in, like, Kazakhstan, and then you can either, like, I got first two discs, and you can either go to, like, um, Australia or Egypt to go, uh, you know, to, to do your next thing. It tells you, like, you know, you need to go get this person such and such from Egypt. So you got to go down to Egypt. It's really a cool game but like i said it's not linear and without a walkthrough or some sort of you know like the nintendo power issue number seven it's going to be really hard to get through this game without like you know <laughs> knowing really where you're going or what you're doing i mean not that that takes away from the game it's a really fun game I did have a lot of trouble with uh, the controls aren't as smooth as I remember them being as a kid. Like, it's really hard to jump with any sort of mm -hmm. degree of accuracy. And there's a lot of jumping involved in this game. Um, but it, controls are a little wonky, but it doesn't really take away from the enjoyment of the game. I, I can see this being a game that, you know, I really want to dig myself into like I, I'll admit I only got to play it for a few hours um, I do remember beating this as a kid so I have played it all the way through before um, but as an adult I need help mm -hmm. well I might uh, surprise you with this but until you mentioned it last week I had never even heard of this game before really like this was mm -hmm. always like it, I think the thing that drew me to this game was the cover art was so visually striking. It reminds me a little bit of like a G.I. Joe type style. Yeah, that's really what it reminded me of as a kid. And like I said, Capcom was just the end all be all of publishers when I was a kid. Like you saw a Capcom game, you knew it was going to be good. And of course, mm -hmm. <clears throat> the older you get, the less they hold up. But the games that were good still hold up. I think this one still holds up. It's got its problems. But as far as the layout of the game, I like games that aren't linear. That you have to go and you, and you find different things. And you have to find out where you got to go next and get certain objectives. It's a lot like... Um, I don't really know what to compare it to. I would say like... the. 
I don't know. There's really no other game like this one that I can think of right offhand. I get what you're saying, though. But yeah, it's I, um, it's interesting. You know, mentioning Capcom is that you know, I mean, they're even still making games to this day. Yeah, and they're they're still like they're one of those companies when you think of you know, like obviously you think of Nintendo, but Capcom's one of like the first three or four names that comes up just because of their pure longevity. You know, yeah. they've been making games you know, since the NES days and still going strong. So, you know, but though this one kind of slipped through the cracks for me because, you know, I've mentioned this before, but, you know, I did play the NES when I was a kid, but I didn't like really go all in on games until the Super Nintendo came out. So a lot of the NES titles kind of passed me by, but the, the concept of it sounds really cool as far as the story and having to, you know, go to different locations and do missions and, you know, looking at a little bit of the gameplay and whatnot, you know, it, it it looks like your your classic solid NES game. Yeah, and under gameplay, it says this iteration of Strider <clears throat> differs from the arcade version in that the player must find clues and items to progress. The game's the game opens on the Strider's base of operations, the Blue Dragon, which transports here you to various areas across the world. At the beginning of the game, only Kazakh is available. But eventually, the player unlocks Egypt, China, and Africa, among others, by collecting discs. These discs contain information pertinent to the plot provided by several characters who often also grant here you with new abilities. New abilities unlock previously impassable areas, forcing the player to backtrack to obtain new items and discs. Uh, to return to the Blue Dragon, the player must return to the big beginning of the arena and jump against the up uppermost left edge of the screen. And that was something that I actually remembered after playing this for about 45 minutes to an hour the other night because I couldn't figure out where to go. And then, because a lot of the levels were locked to me. And I was like, well, how the hell do I get out of here? And then I remembered, I was like, I think you got to do something weird where you got to go back to the beginning of the stage. And I was just, screw it. I just went back to the beginning of the stage. And of course it shot me right back up to the blue dragon. I was like, Oh yeah. If you didn't know about that before, like how would you know that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of like things like that, that, like I said, you really need some sort of, you know, not necessarily a walkthrough, but, you know, uh, uh, certain like read something or, or watch a video to kind of get a basic understanding of, you know, the like how to play the game. Yeah, I also see here on gameplay that they use the password system. Yeah, yeah, but it's not bad though. Um, I would much rather have <laughs> like at you know, at all times. I would rather have a battery backup, but. It's really not that not that big of a deal, <clears throat> especially for this type of game. Um, mm -hmm. But the, <clears throat> man, I'm really congested tonight. I apologize. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, that's it's all not, good. It, it's really not that big of a deal as far as the uh, the the save feature goes. I, I I would prefer, as always, I would prefer battery backup. But yeah, it's still it it's worth having um and of course whenever i do my password systems now i just pull out my phone take a little quick yeah. shot of the screen it's not as daunting as it was when you were a kid because you had to make sure that you you know whether because a lot of passwords used uppercase and lowercase 
not only that, but sometimes you get your O's and zeros mixed up too. So now with the invention of smartphones, you just click, take a little shot at the screen, and you got your password saved right there. Yeah. I see here on the reception, it says, some outlets have said the game does not capture the arcade version of the game well, making it nearly an entirely different game from its arcade counterpart. Did you ever play the arcade version? Never. I, did, I honestly didn't even know this was an arcade game until I started reading about this game the other night. Interesting. Um, actually, well, I didn't read about it. I saw... Um... I saw, I watched a, a review of it from someone on YouTube, and that's how I found out that it was actually there was actually an arcade, but this was not a port of the arcade. This was a complete different game altogether, which I found really interesting. I wonder if they ever made the arcade version available, like as a port for something. Yeah, let's see. It doesn't say anything about it being released for like a virtual console or anything. It just says it's included in the Game Boy Advance compilation, which is kind of unusual. Well, I know they came out with a Strider remake uh, a couple of years ago, and I think it was for the Xbox or the Xbox 360. Um, it says here there's Strider 2014 video game. Uh, for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One uh, in 2014. But I thought there was another one earlier than that. Uh, I could be mistaken. Oh, uh, in 2009, a Strider reboot was in development by Grin. By Grin, however, due to financial difficulties, that bankrupted the company. The game was canceled. I remember actually, I think it might have been... What's the... Um, What's the game magazine that you get for? They used to get from uh, Games GameStop. Um, the Game Informer, or yeah, Game Informer. Uh, I remember seeing it in that, and there was some really cool uh, screenshots from it. But I guess it mm -hmm. never came out, so that's weird. That is weird. I didn't even know there was a remake. You know, and at the time when I was a kid, I used to get this game and uh, Bionic Commando mixed up, and. This could be a false memory, but I think I had actually gone to the actually rent Bionic Commando, but I got this instead and thought I played Bionic Commando. But I remember liking this game so much, I actually bought it. I don't know what happened to my copy of it. I actually picked up a copy of this at uh, the Play and Talk uh, a few months ago, I think I paid like maybe eight bucks for it, and it's almost a perfect copy of it. So you can pick up a copy of this for really cheap from a retro store, like less than $10 for a good copy of it. I'll have to keep my eye out for it because there, there's this new uh, – it's not new, but it's new to me uh, here in town called the Video Game Trading Post. And they they have a ton of games. But they also have you know old strategy guides. They have consoles. They have – classic memorabilia and the cool thing is every game they have they're individually wrapped wow. so and they're and they're in good condition too that's awesome and and sure enough i went there today like right before they were about to close like they said you know i could look around but they had already shut like all their systems down so i couldn't buy anything oh. guess <laughs> guess guess what they had sitting like right in front of the snes section um metroid Mortal Kombat. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you guys it? are a week late on that, but thanks. <laughs> How much did they want for it? 
I like ten bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, and it, I it, paid the, ten bucks for it. The actual the cartridge looked great. Hmm. It was like in mint condition and wrapped, so I knew that it would be it'd be in good shape. But I was like, well, I'll, I'll come back and get it. But yeah. I, I just thought the irony in that was kind of funny. I wanted to take a trip over to the play and talk the other uh, the other day because I was really just in the mood to get something new. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just got a couple of games the other day, so I think I might have a problem. <laughs> no, you could be doing much worse things. Yeah, so I, I, I could be, you know, doing drugs or something, but I spend all my money on retro games. <laughs> I don't know which is worse because <laughs> <laughs> they'll both make you go broke, I guess. Yeah. But one won't kill yeah. me, I guess. Uh, there's the upside. Yeah. And I guess you can't, you know, you can't sell used heroin when you're an old man too, and you need money for the uh, the, the nursing home. <laughs> That's very true. If I so make what, it to be would, an old man. So, what would you give this uh, game, like a number grade? Uh, out of ten, I mean, it gets a good seven. I mean, it's a solid C. Um, I will, you know, if it had at least had a save system, that would bump it up to a B. Um, but you know, just the fact that it's kind of cryptic and really kind of hard to figure out what it is you're supposed to be doing really kind of knocks it down. And the controls are a little wonky. They're not as smooth as I remember them being as a kid. Um, like Mm -hmm. I said, there's like a lot of jumping in this game. There's a lot of like, you know, it's not, it's a platformer. So there's a lot of going up and down and, you know, platform to platform and I'm trying to make these jumps, and you got to hit it just a certain... I mean, there's really no guarantee that you're going to make the big... There's like, you know, sometimes you hit it, and he just kind of hops. But then you like really gnash down on the A button, and he like makes this huge jump. But there's no guarantee, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you just kind of hit the A button and pray that you make the jump. It's like, there's no guarantee. I did a lot of dying the other night because I just couldn't make certain jumps. Yeah. So that's really going to ding you if you can't get the jump button right. If you have a lot of platforming, you need to have one solid jump that's easy to control. Like, that's just, that's a must-have for platformers. Yeah. It's key, if you will. And you can't have a wonky jump system where, like, you hit the key and you pray. No, you can. No, you cannot. Because <laughs> so, jumping's kind of crucial in that genre. Yeah. So if you can get past that, it, it is. It's a really good looking game. The music's awesome. I mean, you, you heard the, the, you know, the uh, the menu music that I played at the beginning of the segment. It's really good. Capcom always had some of the best music, along with I think Konami and Capcom had some of the best music. Um, mm-hmm. for the NES and, and Konami got around that by putting, you know, a, a separate chip inside the game cartridges to kind of boost the power of the music chip in the, and in, in the NES, which made their music that much better. And it's a, I, I forgot what, um, there was a, a documentary on YouTube about that, about the, the, how Konami got such really good music on the NES. And it was really interesting. I wish I could remember what it was, but, um, one more thing I wanted to talk about before we go tonight. And, uh, it's about, I tweeted or I retweeted it earlier today on the nerd cave retro 
Twitter at NerdCaveRetro. Um, today, Kotaku released that uh, Netflix Netflix's Castlevania anime will return this summer with eight new episodes. So, yeah. Good job, Netflix. Good job. For those who haven't watched it yet, definitely go watch Castlevania on Netflix. It's really good. Yeah. And there's only four episodes, and they're only like 25 yeah. minutes apiece. So it only takes you like an hour and 40, hour and 45 minutes to watch the whole thing. So why, yeah. if you haven't watched it, like, what's wrong with you? Go look at it, like, right now. Yeah. Have that be the perfect way to uh, kick off your work week. Absolutely. But, yeah, Strider's a good game. I recommend it. should be in your collection. It's probably not going to be a game you're going to play all the time. 7 out of 10. Solid 7. So take that for what it's worth. If you don't like the game, then I'm sorry, because I know there's probably a lot of people that don't like this game because of the way it is. But I'll I'll forgive some of the wonky controls just because it is such a an interesting game. I like it. But uh, next week, I will be reviewing our first Game Boy game really? on this podcast. Yep, I will be reviewing the original Pokemon games, Red, Blue, and Yellow. Some will say Yellow is not an original game, but... It's technically the same game as Red and Blue, but with elements of the anime mixed into it, so I'm going to throw that in as well. Oh, and something uh, so interesting about the Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow for the Game Boy. Uh, it's one of the few games where the clock constantly ticks on the actual uh, cartridge, so that's mm -hmm. why the um, the batteries don't last as long as, say, batteries in, like, you know... Legend of Zelda or any of the old NES titles. So you have to replace the batteries in the cartridge for the Game Boy version of Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I, I had just heard about that not too long ago, and I thought that was really interesting. That is very interesting. Because there's, so. an inter there's a, a clock that's always running in the game. So that is true, yeah. The clock is always ticking in the cartridge, so it's going to wear down the battery faster than any other game. Wow. I did not know that. Of course I should have but saved yeah, I'll that be... little bit of information <laughs> for next week, but <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. Oh well. yeah. I'll be reviewing that next week. Um, and after that, I think, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I think I might want to do Rygar because I did play that for a while earlier this week. And that is a really fun game. Like, way more fun than I thought it would be. Sweet. Oh, either, that or, that, as well. either that or uh, Hudson's Adventure Island, which is really fun, too. I forgot how much I love playing that game. I've actually never heard of that one. I've heard of Rygar. Because um, I, uh, I think Joey Image talked about that when yeah, he was actually, on the show. You know what? I'm going to see if Joey Image wants to be on the show uh, for the week after next uh, so we can talk about if if he wants to be on the show, we'll talk about Rygar. Uh, if he can't be on the show that night, then I will do uh, Adventure Island. How about that? Cool. Uh, and also, uh, go ahead and tell everybody now. Coming up in February, we do have some weekends that are going to be a little wonky. We may have a couple of episodes that won't be there. Because uh, I will be going to Disney in the middle of the month. And also, Derek and I both have Pensacon coming up um, February 23rd, 24th, 25th. 
That is correct. And uh, we're going to be, we're going to try to get something recorded while we're at Pensacon, but if not, uh, we apologize for having a couple of episodes off, but we'll do what we can to get some episodes in there. But February is going to be a, whoa, it's going to be a full month. Yeah, it's it's going to be, actually the next couple of months are going to be pretty busy. Yeah. But uh, was there anything else you wanted to pimp before we get out of here tonight? Sure. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show that uh, my other show, The Derek Diamond Experience, is going to be it's almost like a phoenix rising from the ashes, if you will, because <laughs> I thought like two months ago my show was dead in the water. <laughs> and and it and it's weird because like now people are actually like wanting to be on it, which I'm still kind of getting used to. So I'm going to be doing four live shows in two weeks. Whoa, but, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just plug the first two, which are happening this week and I'll plug the other two the following week. So this upcoming Wednesday, I'll be doing a round table with some friends of mine about the study of cryptozoology, like the study of Bigfoot, Chupacabra, you know, all like the mythical yeah. creatures and everything. So that, that should be, should be a lot of fun. And that's so cool. Cause uh, I've been on an X-Files kick the last week too. So <laughs> oh, cool. I'm like really getting into all that like weird stuff again. Well, if you're, if your Wednesday is free, we'll be going live at seven 30. So anybody who wants to join in, uh, just go to facebook.com slash D diamond podcast and, uh, you know, comment, ask questions. You know, we love, interacting with uh with the facebook live audience and then the next day which will be thursday the 25th i will be interviewing um a local sketch comedy group called kitty get a job they're about to launch a kickstarter for a um for a tv pilot they're shooting wow. uh so they'll be on um you know, they're, they're cool guys. They're all from here and they do really good work. You should check them out on Facebook at Kitty Get a Job. They do like uh, different uh, sketches um, every month and they're they're really good. Like they're good quality. They're funny. The acting's pretty good. So uh, I'll be plugging their Kickstarter and just, you know, talking film stuff. So uh, you'll get two Facebook Live episodes this week and then the audio versions will be released, you know, later on down the line. That's awesome. But, but that's what I got. Uh, as far as pop culture palette goes, we just released, uh, uh, an episode this last when, uh, no, just a couple days ago. Uh, so go head over to PCP or you can follow us on Twitter at PCP show. Uh, we got into a discussion about YouTube changing their advertising policy and what that's mm-hmm. going to mean moving forward. And my prediction is a lot of people are going to be jumping over to other services like Twitch. Um, and I think uh, I actually just heard the other day that Amazon just um, patented, not, not patented or trademarked two different site names for, I think it's called like Amazon Tube and something else. And I can't remember what it was. So I think... Um, now that YouTube's going to be taking a lot of their advertising stuff out of the way, there's going to be a lot more services popping up like YouTube coming up in the next year or two. So if you want to hear I us talk about that. that, head over and listen to uh, our last episode where we talked about that for quite a while. <clears throat> but other I'll than that... S- 
Oh, good. I also I also enjoyed your guys' discussion about uh, Kevin Smith's theory on why yeah. people don't like the Last Jedi. Yeah, we talked about that too. Uh, it's a pretty good theory. Uh, that I kind of had the same theory after the movie as well about you know people have certain expectations for Star Wars and this movie did not meet people's expectations, and that's the thing. So many people have. Uh, an idea of what they thought the movie was going to be. All we saw for the last two years was YouTube videos about, oh, who is Snoke? Snoke's going to be this. This is a theory. Oh, this is a leaked uh, uh, script from The Last Jedi. It wasn't none of those things. It took all that stuff and said, meh. It literally took the lightsaber and threw it over the shoulder of the, the previous movies. And now we don't know what to think. For the next movie. I literally have no theories for the next movie. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing. And you know what? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we we had, um, you know, kind of going back to, to my other show, we did a, a debate about The Last Jedi that went like 90 minutes. Yeah. And I mean, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't change, you know, each other's minds about whether we liked or disliked the movie, but it's always a good discussion to have because that movie is so polarizing. Like I literally I'll meet one person that loves it and the next person I talk to can't stand it. You know what I think it is? I think we're uh, we're going to look back on that movie fondly in the next 15, 10 to 20 years as the movie that changed Star Wars for the better. Because really think about it. I mean, there's a lot of crap Star Wars stuff that have happened before. Yeah. I'm sorry. The prequels were not good. There were good things about them, but they were not good movies. I've got a feeling we might be getting one in a few months too. I don't know. I, I'm going to give, uh, Ron Howard, the, uh, the benefit of the doubt. And maybe he saved that movie. And I think it's going to be better than we think it's going to be. But if it's not, I'm not going to be heartbroken. But I think Last Jedi is going to be the movie we look back on and be like, all right, this is where things changed. For better or worse, mm-hmm. this is where it all changed to where we can go out and expand beyond the Skywalker storyline. Because I don't know about you, I loved the storylines of like, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, those games. Like those took yeah. place 2,000 years before the Star Wars storyline that we know now. And I was just as much into that as I was, you know, Star Wars. So I want to see different storylines. I want to see other people, you know, like what happens in the, uh, you know, outside the Skywalker family of what happens yeah, in the entire galaxy. It's a big galaxy. Other people live in it besides yeah, the Skywalkers. Exactly. But that this is a discussion for a whole other show. So yeah, <laughs> let's leave that one where it lies. But um, that's gonna do it for this week. So uh, let me go ahead and play our music here. Uh, if you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfantastic, at Derek underscore diamond. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And also, don't forget to go leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you download the show from. It's only going to help us out. Give us a, a five-star review or even a one-star review if you don't like us. Just go review it. I don't care. And we'll read it on the show. So, Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes.
You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. <laughs>